Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Inside Telly, a podcast where we discuss the best telly shows and films with the creators or actors starring in them. For today's episode, I'm joined by director Yoni Ben-Hayim to discuss his newest project, Better Your Nephew, starring Carl Pilkington, before finding out more about who Yoni looks up to and the directors that inspire him most. Hi Yoni, thanks very much for jumping on. How are you doing? Very well, Mick. Thanks for having me. No problems. It's nice to, nice to see you. Um, and of course, we're going to get stuck into um, the new show, Better Your Nephew and stuff like that, um, which we were, you were very kind to send over. And I absolutely loved it, by the way. But how would you describe it um, to someone who, of course, hasn't seen it yet? Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a short film about an estranged uncle uh, over a weekend learning to connect with his nephew. Um, takes place all over that single weekend and we see their bond slowly grow and it starts off a bit rocky and we can tell that there's something sort of unspoken a distance that's formed in their relationship and and in that short weekend they find a commonality in a morbid obsession uh, which is the obsession of wishing you could see your own funeral Um, and I won't spoil where it gets to in the end but um sort of one learns from the other um it's it's i would i would call it a um a, a warm story it's 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 there's some some sadness to it but ultimately it's a happy story uh, and i like making those kind of films with a sort of nice happy ending i guess yeah yeah definitely that's exactly what i took away from it like the there's a, a bit of a comedy um of course with carl and um yeah that's that's interwoven in it but the like the story of it is, I, I I did wish it was going gonna go on for longer. To be honest, when it ended, oh, I was thank like, oh. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that was actually a bit of a surprise. We've we've had a few people watch it now, and and one of the most common bits of feedback was that the ending left them wanting more, which I, I didn't necessarily end it in a specific way to have people feeling that way. But it, I yeah. mean, it means we're doing something right if people aren't glad it's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good thing. If the leave the people want more, that's 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 the key, I guess. Um, and then in terms of like logistically, how did it how did it all come out? Like, was it just a, an idea you had, and then you then? I mean, how did you get to the point where Carl was the was the, was the guy that you wanted for the, for the role? So it, it's it was a bit of a long journey. Shorts shorts are tricky to get off the ground because there's not much money going around. There's not much funding for shorts because shorts typically almost always never make money so that's you know wherever there's money to be made there's money to be invested in, and that's not the case with shorts so especially for shorts that aren't maybe of a student level where you're trying to achieve something a little bit sort of grander in terms of production scale that they're very far and few between opportunities to make them so i was very grateful when an opportunity came to me to have a budget to create a short um and and that was pitching for barry and nephew i had the idea the initial idea maybe three years before we um, we eventually shot it, made a project in between then, worked on different things in between, but this was sort of slowly building. And about a year before we shot the film and we got the funding confirmed, um, I started writing with my writing partner, Orson. Uh, we write everything together now. It was a real sort of game changer for me. I went from writing, directing on my own to co-writing with him and, and directing on my own. Um, and sort of, I think the last few teething pains for the short, we figured them out, had a script that I was happy to start sending out to actors. And that's, that's where, where we went. I, I attached 
uh, we attached a producer, Dom Baker. He worked with me for over a year before we shot it, sort of finding the perfect time, figuring out exactly how are we going to pull this off? How are we going to attract people like Carl to the project? Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful. I mean, we had so, with shorts, you have to get in so many favors and so many people to help. But really, there's a there's a you know a select few that were with me for over a year helping get it made. Um, and then one of the first big challenges was figuring out who's going to play our lead, who's going to play Toby. Um, and our casting director, Nick Hockaday, did an amazing job. We, we sort of went through and figured out exactly what was I trying to achieve with this casting. We knew we wanted to get someone known, specifically someone British and known. Um, didn't have to be an A-list mega celebrity, because I actually think that could detract from the short, but I I felt having a familiar face was interesting, but that wasn't enough for me. I wanted to do something with that casting. And that's where we sort of landed on the idea of, okay, why don't we lean into the fact that the film has a lot of levity to it. It's lighthearted, it's funny, um, but it also has some depth. And I think comedians or people from sort of comedy backgrounds tend to have real acting chops that people maybe wouldn't expect. And I think to be funny, to be sensitive is to be a good actor as well. Like I think they go hand in hand. And so we landed on the idea, let's look into sort of people that we were looking at comedi British comedians that had been on quiz shows like QI and, and things like that. And then we were looking even at, into reality. And that's when we had the idea, damn, what about Carl Pilkington? And I think when, when Nick suggested Carl, I mean, it sounds like it, the, the perfect story, but it was. He told me, Carl, and I said, that's the one. Like, that's the perfect pick. That's really interesting. I think, Carl, you get a sense that, you know, there is a character he's playing in shows like An Idiot Abroad. But you also know that there's a reality to it, and that's why it's so interesting. And I think the character of Toby just felt close enough that we could do something really interesting. So we sent the script to Carl or to Carl's agent, um, and we didn't hear back for a few days, which kind of worried me. Um, but my agent sort of, uh, not my agent, my uh, casting director uh, sort of reassured me that actually that's usually a good sign because if they hate it, they say no straight away. Um, and then just purely based off the script, because I definitely don't have the credentials to, to warrant any attention yet, um, Carl agreed to have a meeting with me. And then that, that was it. That was the rest we met. Yeah, he agreed to take the role, and and it was a great collaboration from there. It, was, it, it gave the project real sort of direction and and wind, I guess. Once we once we uh, we got Carl on board, it changed everything. Yeah, I think in a weird way, like I I, I completely understand uh, what you mean in terms of like the, what the character was you were trying to portray, and then to have Carl, who of course is a big name, but doesn't do that many um, TV things really. It was like a it's it's kind of like a perfect marriage there that he's come in and, and, and done this because the character is true to because I, I felt like when I was watching it it wasn't a character in a, in a way I, th I felt like that was Carl just because of I'm a bit of a XFM nerd like going back yeah. to the XFM shows 20 years ago with Ricky Gervais Stephen Merchant that character that you see um or that person you see throughout yeah. that whole time and like you said they did abroad and, and all that other stuff the, the, there's always a glint of Carl that comes out in those shows, and I think this is, I think that stays true to that in a way, in in a way that it's so it was perfectly placed for him to come and come in and do the um and to, and to be the lead role for it. 
Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I can't imagine the role without Carl now, but I, I do feel I'm excited for people to see him in a different light, in a very sort of cinematic, dramatic role. There is drama in there. It's not a comedy. I, I, I don't call the film a comedy to people because I think it sets them up for thinking they're going to be laughing for 20 minutes. And there are funny moments, but for the most part, it's, it's a pretty dramatic film. Um, and I think he nailed it. I, I'm, that's, if there's one thing I'm most excited for is that anyone who's a fan of Carl to eventually when, when they do, when this short does become available publicly, I'm eager and excited to see the reaction that people are going to have seeing him in a role like this. He's done dramatic bits before, but they've, you know, it's, I, I do think this is slightly different and something a little bit unseen, something so naturalistic. Like you said, it feels like a person. Um, but I'm proud of this work that Carl and I did. I think to, while making it feel natural and real, it does come away from Carl. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching Carl. I do feel like he blends into this character. And it's a nice sort of in-between of Toby, the character, and the real Carl. And and he did tell me when he, when we first met, that was the first thing that stood out to him. He said, I feel like this character was written sort of for me in a way that it feels perfect. Like this, there were so many sort of serendipitous commonalities in him and his personal life and the character. And I think... That, that was you know that's what made it happen i guess which is which is nice yeah definitely and in terms of like the filming then um i think because we like i said because i'm such a, a nerd of carl's that's just because i love i love what he's about and who he is as a person just how straight talking and stuff he has, he's been in the past what was he what was he like filming was he was it an easy task that he was a was it true to the script in terms of like the dialogue and stuff or was there much like deviation in terms of that? He was a real treat to work with. I mean, a really kind guy. I think when you, when you watch him in these shows or you listen to the XFM, you know, there's a certain caricature that he's playing and there is truth in that. Uh, you know, I, I think it's not a million miles off from the real him, but the thing that maybe doesn't come across in these shows is that he's a genuinely kind and caring person. And so, right from meeting him like all of my anxiety that i had about meeting him and how this meeting was going to go went away when i realized he is a really kind person but genuinely cared for the project cared for me and, and what i was trying to pull off with it um so there was instant trust on my end and uh it, it, it was a real treat I, I i was very stressed during the shoot this is the the biggest thing i've ever done at that point and um the biggest budget I've ever been responsible for not <laughs> messing up. So um, there, there was a stress that came with that. And, uh, and I really was focused on delivering the perfect film. So there was moments where I'm so glad that we had someone as fun and funny as Carl on the set, because I think it lifted the spirits and the sort of morale of the crew. When, when I was maybe a bit more stressed and singularly focused, uh, I could sort of in the corner of my eye, see him chatting to, you know, all of the crew became a little family for five days. And I think, I think everyone had fun. I, I think I hope Carl had fun as well. Um, Cause it was, yeah, we spent most of the shoot in that one house, some uh, a day and a half of locations, but it was a nice sort of summer shoot, very chill. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And you mentioned like, yeah, I guess your anxiety to me, Carl, I'm just trying to think about how I would feel or how yeah. anyone would feel who's a massive fan of Carl's to then, so you've got a meeting with Carl tomorrow at 12. You've got to rock up and Carl's going to be there. I don't know. How was your feeling going in, into that? Because I guess once, 
in a way you knew that he was coming to the meeting, so you knew that he liked the project anyway exactly. and all that stuff. So yeah. how how did the meeting like go in terms of like um talking about what you were were you trying to achieve with the project? Definitely. I mean it does help knowing that that they've obviously liked the project enough to meet with me. Um, but then the anxiety came that it was like, okay, well, he likes the project, but he wants to meet with me before he agrees to anything, which is fair enough, which means the only thing left to prove is myself. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that was a little <laughs> bit nerve-wracking. I was like, you know, I, I'm only going to speak the truth and speak candidly. And if and if it's if it's there's a mismatch in, in our natures or energy, then then the project isn't isn't meant to be in, in, in the way that it was. But luckily, uh I'm, I'm, I'm sure he saw how passionate I was about it and, and how much thought had gone into this, like really three years of thinking about this project, one year of actively working on it, and then a few months of aggressively working on it um, before we shot it, like a lot of thought and prep. And I think I think that was part of it as well. He had to make sure we were serious. There's a lot of shorts that go around, I'm sure, that he maybe gets sense that are either student projects, not to say that student films aren't great. I've seen some absolutely amazing student films this year, but it's i think he was relaxed and relieved when he seen that uh, you know the the team that i had had attached and the stuff that we've all been working on that maybe set a sense of legitimacy that helped take that pressure off but i, I was nervous and uh i really thought okay I, I was rehearsing sort of everything i needed to tell him about myself and the project to get him on board and i thought the meeting would go on for maximum 20 30 minutes but we sat there and spoke for three hours um oh. And for the first hour and a half, we barely spoke about the film. It was just getting to know him, getting to know him, getting to, to know me, purely personal stuff. And I'm, I'm, I was so grateful for that uh, because it really made me calm down so that when we did get to talking about the project, I was myself. Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that reflects in what, I mean, the, the limited personal stuff I know about Carl in terms of, and wanting to get to know a person first, and he's a, like you said, he's a very kind man, and you see these like um, over exaggerated characters, I guess, for like the XFM and and the um, and, and idiot abroad and stuff like that, where he's a little bit of himself, but it's the reaction to getting put into weird scenarios, and he's getting pissed off and all and all that stuff. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's nice to hear that he's that it took that much time for you because I think that's something. Um, I guess someone maybe bigger in terms of done more stuff might have been yeah. too busy to go oh i can't take three hours i'll give you i'll give you 20 minutes and then you there's more pressure on you in a way to then kind of um convey the project and, and convey yourself in a way that he might want to get on board with which yeah that's really nice to hear um would you say he's the best you've worked with so far uh, i mean uh, I, I wouldn't like to compare i'm, I'm grateful and, and proud of every actor I've worked with in terms of pe people knowing for sure. I mean, it was an interesting experience. I think I've, I've typically worked with people that are more, maybe more trained traditional actors. So this was a real interesting and, and rewarding experience to work with someone who was not an actor's actor. <clears throat> um, and there's a different kind of language and a different way of approaching it. And, th and that was really great. And, and the end product, I really do think he completely blends into the character. I think it's consistent. Um, I'm very, very proud of his performance and, and what we managed to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I of course, like Harry Jones and Katie Pattinson were also, they were great in like, in in in, in their roles as well, which kind of I think helped Carl. Bed definitely, into that it's, it's a real, well. it's a real ensemble. I mean, Harry, 
how are we cast in a more traditional way? We we sent out a casting call and, and I think there was 60 tapes and then we invited five kids to do an in-person audition and Harry stood out for a couple of reasons. One, that his audition was amazing, but even more interesting to me was talking to him between the audition uh, sort of takes and getting a sense that, okay, this is a really smart kid, a really kind and genuine kid. And I, 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 there were some other people that auditioned that they did a great job. But when I got to know them, I didn't get the sense that it felt like the character that I had written, the lines of dialogue, the sort of emotional complexity and depth of the kind of things that uh, Harry's character Liam brings up. They're, they're quite sort of emotionally uh, nuanced for a 13 year old, I would say. And so you've got to find the right kid that you believe could be thinking these kind of things. And then Harry stood out as oh, this is a smart kid, an emotionally sensitive kid. You could, you could get that from talking to him and, and really proud of really, really proud of him because this was his first ever project. Like he'd, oh, wow. he'd been doing, doing a bit of drama and stuff at school and, and had a, had a acting coach, I believe, but uh, this was his first ever project, first film. Um, and to, get your first film with Carl Pilkington with a big crew and, and, and sort of the sort of scale that we were doing everything at it. I'm sure he was nervous, but he, he absolutely nailed it. So I'm very proud of him. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what Harry does next and maybe the next thing that we do together at some point. Um, and Katie, we really needed that sort of matriarchal middle figure between the two characters, sort of a connecting point. It, she inspires the, sort of beat change in the film. Everything is going one way emotionally until the dinner scene and then we go the other direction. And and I needed someone to come in. I needed a character to come in and change the direction of the, the film. And, and Katie was perfect for that. And she did, did a perfect job. And she had a real challenge. Everyone else got to know each other, worked for the full five days. We had to film because of scheduling um, all of her scenes in one day. And so there was a real sort of, you know, she's right at the beginning, right in the middle and right at the end of the film. Um, and quite a lot, like six, seven pages of scenes with her to accomplish that in a day. It's not, it's not easy, uh, but, but she, she did a great job. And I, I love that dinner table scene. I think it's probably my favorite, favorite scene of the film. Yeah. They both did amazingly well. I think, they, like I said, they complimented what you were trying to achieve and also Carl as well, in, in it, which, was, which was lovely. Um, <clears throat> did you get a sense that, because I think I mentioned that like Carl's like notoriously, I guess I don't know if picky is the right word in terms of what he wants to do TV wise. And I, I think I mentioned that before we started recording. I'm surprised he hasn't done more stuff since the, um, since the obviously Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant yeah. collaborations and all that stuff. But I guess he's quite selective. But did you get a sense that he might, this might be the start of doing more more stuff in the future? Uh. I Potentially, I, I can't speak on on Carl's behalf, but I will say that you know, I think it, his career and, and and his career path has been super interesting. Starting as a producer and then becoming a personality on on XF, XFM, and then subsequently getting his own shows, but all mainly sphered in in reality. And and so not having a traditional sort of comedian or comedy actor background to then start doing some dramatic roles. I know he's done a few cameos and, and he had his own show, Sick of It. Um, I think, you know, from getting to know Carl, I think he's very happy doing 
sort of he's he's in a position where he can do what he wants to do, uh, and and that's you know an envious and amazing position to be. So I, he is quite selective, and and it meant even more to me that he would then take the time to you know come out and help on just a, a small short film. So who, who knows? I, I, hopefully, I haven't scarred him from uh, working <laughs> on working on drama because it it can be a lot more slow paced and and a bit of a burner compared to you know the the reality or or tv where you're shooting 10 pages a day um but um i'd love to see him in more stuff definitely i think he's he's so super talented um it'd be interesting to see more and more roles and see what see see him pull off different things um but yeah i'm excited for people to see what what we've done here definitely i think it it doesn't harm you that you've had that experience with him as well so of, of course if anything <clears throat> sorry if anything comes up in the, the future that Carl could be a, a person you could have of course you, if you've got that connection with him definitely, definitely. Project, then it, does, it doesn't always... harm your chances of maybe getting him on something in the future as no well, of again. course not no I, I hope I hope we can work together again at some point for sure yeah definitely yeah yeah and then just in terms of so this on the show we try and of course, we've got to, we have to talk about Barry your nephew, which is which which is good. When, when will that be? When will that be coming out? So, uh, with shorts and and what we're doing with this short, uh, we're we're going we're submitting now for our festival run. So, it's going to be film festivals first. Uh, we we don't know our premiere yet, but we're we're crossing our fingers for for something that sort of give we can give the the short film a, a platform that we we think it deserves, um, and then from there we'll be. Once we have our premiere, we'll hopefully be going to many festivals sort of around the world and people will have opportunities to see them there. So definitely keep an eye out on, I mean, if they follow me on my social media, they can they can see that um, whenever we have an announcement. And then eventually um, it will either get picked up and distributed somewhere. Uh, so on a streaming platform, that's quite rare. And if not, somewhere publicly online. So on, on YouTube, most likely. But unfortunately... It's a bit of a slow process. The festival circuit can take up to two years from start to finish, so it might it might be a couple of years till this is public. I am putting together a, a little trailer though, so that will be on on my website and and on my Instagram, and and people can have a look if they want to at least get a taste of what the film looks like, what it feels like beyond the stills I've posted. Yeah, definitely. That'll be yeah, that'll be great. Um, and then like yeah, like I just mentioned before, on this show we try and. Obviously, we have to talk about have to talk about Barry and nephew and Carl and and, and the, the the amazing work you've done on that. But I just want to get a bit of a sense of into your life, Yoni, and who kind of inspired you as a actors or directors uh, growing up. Sure, um, I feel like I've been very lucky that I've been obsessed with film and filmmaking since I was about eleven, twelve, um, and it's it's been fun and interesting to see the journey of sort of the different filmmakers that have inspired me in the different films that have inspired me so I, I like you know starting when i was 13 and thinking that fight club was the coolest film ever made and that everything fincher did was was uh was golden i still you know i still do i i do love fincher but you know it, it then evolved into sort of my passion for writing started to outgrow my passion for everything else i, I definitely think of myself as a writer first and and directing being the means to an end to to execute that writing um, and I, I love all of it I do love the whole process so people like Paul Thomas Anderson sort of I think he's the gold standard for traditional Hollywood sort of the 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 
the perfect golden Hollywood film. I think he does it best. No one does it better than him. Specifically, The Master, I think, is one of my one of my favorite films. But I watch a huge variance of stuff, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, sort of like the more Mission Impossible kind of films to um, a film that's a big inspiration for for what I'm trying to write next, my feature film, a coming of age story, and the film Close. I don't know if you saw it by uh, Lucas Dant. It, amazing Belgian film. It's in French and, and Flemish. Absolutely gorgeous. And, the, and they did. They worked with a couple of non-actor kids, and it's 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 an absolutely beautiful film. I do love coming of age films. Um, independent art house is sort of the direction I'm trying to go with my my debut. Um, and I think hopefully Barry and Nephew will be a, a great calling card to to get that to happen in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully it will. Um, and then, like, when you're like, because I'm, I'm sure, like, if you like, because you're a director, when you're watching stuff like films and stuff, I'm sure you're seeing it in a slightly different way to the rest of us. We're just watching a film because it's it's good and it's got a good storyline. But are you watching it thinking oh, that I like the way that was shot, I like that angle, um, and, and that type of stuff? Because I always found that interesting when I speak to to people like yourself who've got like a bit more insight and they can they can appreciate the work that's gone in to 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 film just even something so small definitely i mean i think appreciation is a good word because even if something doesn't work perfectly for me and i don't think it's the best film there's always a level of respect and appreciation for understanding how hard it is to make a film um literally and emotionally like uh, it takes a lot and i've never I haven't had the opportunity yet to even attempt a feature length, full length film. So even more respect to, to having to do what we did for five days, but for months. Um, no, I, I think, I think you get over the having to watch something super analytically. I think when you first start to make films and you first start to analyze films, you can be overly analytical in it. It was almost like a sad moment where I, I started to think like that when I was watching films and it, it lost a lot of its magic. I was like, oh no, have I ruined films? It's sort of like peering into Pandora's box. And now that I know the magic, um, the magic's gone. But I think it, it takes practice. So if anyone's listening that's maybe younger and, and feeling like they can only watch films thinking about the shots or thinking about the writing or the structure, I think that starts to go away and you sort of subconsciously will take that stuff in. Uh, but you can experience it in a more pure way. I'd say definitely the the better films and the more talented filmmakers, I definitely am not thinking, wow, I really love the way that they've structured this. I, I can maybe analyze that after, but yeah, uh, yeah you, you, you can just get swept up hopefully in, in the yeah. film. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a perfect place to end it. Yoni, thanks very much for uh, jumping on. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on, of course, talk about Carl, who's just such a such a legend, and yeah, I absolutely love love the short. I love it so much. I, I can't wait for people to to see it and enjoy it and enjoy um, Carl in a, a serious role because I think he's. I think I always I always think back to um, like I've mentioned X Fem so much. I need to stop. <laughs> but like Ricky says a line and that, and he go and he says it's a bit of a throwaway comment. Oh, Carl's a really good actor. We need to get him in something, and they're trying to get him. Like they're trying to. They always, they always have said that, and then of course the idea abroad stuff happened and all and all that. But I think he is an actually really good actor. I think there's a few bits on XFM where he's he puts himself in like films and like dubs himself in, and yeah. I think because he's a good, obviously a great producer. That was his role, but to then piece it all together and do stuff like that, I always thought that he was it, it was it was always really good to 
good to listen to. And, and I'm very insightful into he's not just this fella who presses the buttons. Um, he's also very intelligent as well, which I, I, I really enjoy to, to, to know about him. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. That was episode three of Inside Telly with the very talented Yoni Ben Haim. If you liked the episode and all three episodes so far, please leave a rating on your audio platform of choice or a review if you have time. Thanks very much for listening and I'll see you next time for episode four.